This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's Monday, May 9th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, presented by Steamfitters Local 602. Learn how Steamfitters can benefit your business at steamfitters-602.org. Here's what we've got for you today. It's a consistent refrain this spring. The price of gas is going up. Tom Closa with the Oil Price Information Service tells us why oil costs keep climbing and if they'll ever stop. I think you're going to see more of these tax holidays, and it would not surprise me if you don't see a federal tax break. And as the cost of gas is on the rise, Metro is seeing a surge in riders. But as Luke Luker tells us, diving into the numbers, just because more people are changing their habits doesn't mean they're happy about it. I I really do think gas prices had some sort of uh, say in this. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. If you've passed a gas station recently, you've likely done a double take. In the last week, the average price in Washington jumped 22 cents, now averaging $4.64 a gallon. The price of gas is changing how many people are traveling around the DMV. But if you're watching your gas gauge drop and wondering whether the price will change before you have to make changes to your commute, we've got Tom Closey here to guide us. Tom is with the Oil Price Information Service and joins us now on Zoom. And Tom, let's start with these record-breaking prices. Is this seriously the, the highest gas has ever been? And it's solely because of the ongoing war in Ukraine? Actually, we're about a fraction of a cent from the high that we hit in March, but I do suspect we'll probably get to that in the next couple of days. These are the highest prices for many states. Now, a lot of people can make points about, well, adjusted for inflation, it's not as high as 2008, but uh, don't bother getting in an argument with people who are paying uh, $100 more to fill up. They don't have 2008 currency. And is there anything particular about the D.C. region that makes it that, you know, Maryland, Virginia and D.C. have, you know, higher gas prices on average? Why is that? Well, District of Columbia is an expensive place and uh, it's dominated by mostly major stations and there are some big markups there. So it could be worse. It could, could be California where you're paying five fifty, and where they've started the energy transition. Right. Maybe. bit too early. And it could be worse if you're using diesel. Diesel prices on the East Coast right now are about $6 a gallon. So Wow. So it's not just a fluke that the independent stations are usually a little less money. When you say the big stores or big chains, you mean like the the Sunoco, the the different gas stations, Shell, Chevron. Yeah. Right. If you've got a food service uh, location, you know, something like a Wawa, for example, they do so much inside the the store business, that it really makes up for uh, kind of eking out a profit uh, at the pump. And they really want you to get you inside there to order the hoagies and the soups and whatever. Right. Those are high margin items. Gasoline is, it's a higher margin than it was a few years ago because minimum wages have gone up so much and other costs. And Tom, did the tax holidays on oil that some states put into place, I think it was a month ago, play a role in the stark jump that we're seeing in these prices? According to Gas Buddy in Maryland, the average price is up 14 cents a gallon. In Virginia, it's up 17 cents. Does any of that have to do with Maryland's gas tax break? 
Yeah, I think it has to do with Maryland. Virginia, I'm not so sure. But I I think you're going to see more of these tax holidays. And it would not surprise me if you don't see a federal tax break. The the tax has been 18 cents and change since like 1992. So ostensibly, you could make a good point about it increasing. But, you know, one thing is uh, true with consumers. They're also voters and they like when gasoline prices are lower, Mm. regardless consequences. Right. And so is there a horizon here? Do we think that prices will go down anytime soon? Um, (laughs) Give us a good answer here, Tom. (laughs) Uh, The answer is no for a big drop, but I will tell you this much. Typically, the wholesale prices peak in early May. The average date is somewhere between Cinco de Mayo and May 15th. So Mm. markets get all dressed up with no place to go, and then they drop off for the real driving season. Now, one thing I would stress is this is not a demand-related event. This is related to supply and constriction of supply and higher crude oil supplies. Demand is actually pretty lousy if you talk to station operators. It's certainly nowhere near where it was before COVID, and it's probably about 12 or 15% lower. The problem, I think, is that demand for gasoline will tend to be very, very lumpy, which is to say that In January, it might be 2 million barrels a day lower than it will be in July and August. And this is kind of a one-off question, but are owners of electric vehicles, are they winning, for lack of a better word, or are they kind of escaping these price hikes? They are. I mean, for now. uh, And uh, if the price of the electric vehicle wasn't so high, there'd probably be a lot more people moving to those, or at least getting the second car. Uh, and having that be electric. So part of it, though, the, the problem is, is that when you look at Russia and China, and certainly we have an adversarial relationship with Russia and not exactly a warm relationship with China. Those are a couple of the countries that have a lot of the metals and minerals and so forth that go into battery power. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of uh, in trouble either way, whether we go with gasoline, we go with diesel or whether we go with electric power. We have recently heard how expensive flights are getting, not only because of gas, but because of staffing. Now, if you want to take a vacation, it's going to cost you a lot to drive there. So it's just going to be, you know, the next few months. Or What are you predicting as, that, as far as that goes? You're mentioning the summer. Whether or not people take longer trips, I don't know. I come from the Jersey Shore, and I can guarantee you that it will be wall-to-wall folks, just like East, Eastern Shore, Maryland, and some of the other resorts. There's a lot of pent-up demand. I think we don't see the demand return to sort of 2019 levels on a sustained basis, but we do see it in July and August. I mean, people are going to be like, I don't care about the cost. I just want to get away. Especially after the last two years we've had. Tom Closa, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for giving us some insight and maybe some bad news, but at least we're prepared. Yeah, I'm not a motivational speaker these days. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a good one. Thanks. Take care. And will rising gas prices return Metro ridership back to normal? We'll talk about it after the break. If you want to save money and grow profits on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project, go with the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. You can trust the experience of its workforce, members who have expertise in heating, air conditioning, refrigeration, and process piping to deliver work that's on time and on budget. For a partner you can trust who's mutually focused on your bottom line and to schedule, contact Steamfitters Local 602 at steamfitters-602.org. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602. Changing lives. 
Thanks for listening to the DMV Download Podcast. Megan and I do this show all on our own, and we appreciate you making us a part of your day. If you like the show or have a suggestion, let us know by leaving a review or rating the show. Both of those things help us get better and help us grow our audience. Thanks again. And in what's likely a reaction to gas prices, the number of people riding Metro bus and Metro rail is up significantly from this time last year. The number of people commuting on Metro rail more than doubled in the last year. Here to tell us why and so what is WTOP's Luke Lukert. So Luke, is this spike in ridership the boom Metro has been hoping for in this post-pandemic time? And is ridership back to normal now? It is not back to normal. Well, let's just get that clear. Not back to pre-pandemic levels, especially for Metro Rail. It's something it's like 32 percent. Oh, wow. Of what it number. was? Yeah. It is not close to back to where it was pre-pandemic levels. So it's doubled in the last year and it's still 32 percent of pre-pandemic. Around 30 percent, yeah, wow. of pre-pandemic levels. So a lot less than uh, what they were, I guess, hoping for. But you also kind of got away the fact that their service, specifically on Metro Rail, is about 50% of what it was mm. because they had to remove those 7,000 series cars. So you kind of wonder, do they even want to go back to that level of ridership because... I mean, you're going to be packing people into sardine cans. Right. And we were hearing from a colleague of ours who is on Metro. He says that, like, it's so packed in there right now just because we have fewer trains. There's nowhere to sit. People are trying to social distance a little bit. Like, tell us about what you're hearing, Luke. Yeah. So one of our colleagues rides Metro every day, and he said that lots of people are trying to social distance. So you're, you're seeing people just take up a whole row by themselves. Not cool, man. And putting their bags in seats. And, and you know, they might have done that before the pandemic, but it was socially acceptable to be like, hey, move your stuff. I want to uh, sit there. That's true. Now it's not as much. And so a lot more people are standing. So in a car where you might have had, might have enough seats for everybody, they're not taking those seats, and it's looking way more crowded than it probably is. But mm. you're still trying to social distance. A lot of those people are. It's definitely looking more crowded than than it is. And he said that he didn't even notice the uh, uptick in riders until the past month. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the April and May numbers specifically are in, in the next couple of months when we get those. And to these rising numbers, what can we attribute it to? Do we know why so many more riders are coming back? I think a lot of it has to do with the pandemic and the fact that more people are coming back into the office now, especially after cases went down kind of around that March time. And then we also saw just such an increase in gas prices. You know, it shot up like a, basically a dollar across the country in about a week, which is right. just and a metro, crazy amount. The metro ride stayed the same price. Yeah. So. Exactly. And so you saw right around that same time period uh, a pretty – a significant increase in uh, ridership. And it's funny because Metro released these numbers on how often trains arrive on time and customer satisfaction, but it doesn't really line up with the idea of more people riding. It's not like they're happy to be riding it. The ones who are riding it seem to, like our colleague, uh, be a little annoyed that they're more crowded and that they have to wait. You know, one of the things that they talk about is, you know, on-time service, all that kind of stuff, and the majority of their rides are... Riders are getting to the place where they want to go on time. I, I don't think that takes into the fact that they had to wait 20 minutes to get on that train in the yeah, first on time place. Is, because, <laughs> on time is 20 minutes. Yeah, right. it, because, you know, once you get on the train, they're getting on time. But if you have to wait for 20 minutes for the train to come, which 
oftentimes you do. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that number uh, accounts for that. Mm. And this is kind of a constant refrain we always get to whenever we talk about the Metro, but baked into all these things we're talking about is the still gone 7000 series. Are there any updates, any new information that we can you know talk about and maybe give people hope that It's kind of a depressing show so far. (laughs) We'll have more trains out there. The latest update that I've heard about was uh, two Thursdays ago during an executive meeting where uh, Paul Wiedefeld said that uh, it was on schedule, which means that sometime this summer they're expecting to reintroduce some 7,000 series cars. So basically, no, not not <laughs> not a ton of information on when they're going to get back. Sometime this summer. Got Sometime it. this summer, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, despite, you know, those uh, tough predictions, it seems like people are still, you know, going back there because the gas prices are so high. So it's really about, you know, what, what are people's best options? Pay a lot of money for gas or ride the metro and, you know, maybe face some delays. But it's still cheaper. Maybe it just comes down to the money. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really do think gas prices had some sort of uh, say in this just because it was kind of interesting. Uh, you saw Metro bus ridership go up in early March and then kind of start tapering off uh, near the end. And at that same time, Maryland uh, lowered its gas prices by taking away, uh, the, taking tax. away the gas yeah. tax. So I wonder, you know, obviously correlation is not causation, but uh, you wonder if... Once a Marylander saw like, oh, uh, it's 30 cents cheaper. I'm going to go back to uh, Mm. driving my car and I'm going to get off this bus. Well, Luke, thanks so much for updating us on these metro numbers and how they could be tied to gas. Thanks. And before we go, today marks a special and really solemn day in our country. Yeah, tonight the National Cathedral will be marking the one million dead from COVID-19 with the ringing of their bells. Yeah, and we, we're learning something about the bell they're ringing because it's not like they're going to be doing like a carol on happy kind of sound. Mm-hmm. They're using a special bell, right, Luke? Yeah, it's called the Borden Bell, um, B-O-U-R-D-O-N, bell. And it's one of the heaviest bells in the National Cathedral, and it really hits a low tone that marks, you know, death, really. It's a funerary bell. And because the tone is so low, we were reading, you can hear it farther like yeah. it, it the, the tone travels farther yeah. this thing is huge it's like eight feet tall mm-hmm. um 12 tons i think i read yeah, thousands and thousands of pounds and the national cathedral is going to start this memorial at six o'clock mm-hmm. um so if you're interested you could go down to the grounds but like we said you could probably hear it throughout the city and even farther yeah yeah and i think that's the point you know it really, really is supposed to travel um and they're going to toll the bell a thousand times so each tone is going to represent a thousand deaths. So a thousand times a thousand, one million. And again, this is a significant milestone. I mean, we've seen the National Cathedral mark 100,000, I think it was 600,000, 800,000, and now we're at a million. You know, thankfully, we're kind of more out of this pandemic now. We've got therapeutics and vaccines, but people are still dying and the number still is going up. And I think the National Cathedral thinks that it's important to still mark it, you know, even though we're kind of a little more out of it than we were maybe a few months ago. I remember when they first did it and I was thinking, gosh, 100,000 people. Right. Like, that's just so many people. And now we're at a million. So even though it seems like we're kind of becoming a little desensitized to numbers, right. uh, especially when it comes to all the numbers we've been had thrown at us all the pandemic, right? Like the different hospitalization rates and this 
COVID spread rates and all these things. But if you think about it on a person to person basis and compare it to the wars we've had, it's just mm-hmm. it's unreal just to take a moment today and kind of think about where we've been and uh, where we are now as a country. Yeah. And we're going to end it there. Thanks for joining us today for the DMV Download, sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. And follow us on social media. We're posting content every day, literally. And you can see behind the scenes of the show. You can find out more about this podcast and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at wtop.com and on our WTOP News app. Have a good night, guys.